right. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Andy. We are uh, have another Above the Fog tonight. Oh, thank you for uh, John Bertan's uh, music there. That's good stuff. Uh, custom made for uh, the Above the Fog podcast. Uh, we're talking about Miwok 100K that took place May 6th, 2023 uh, here in Marin. Started at Stinson Beach. Uh, we got Miwok100k.com. Race director is Tia Boddington. Approximately 400 participants. Uh, should have done the introductions first. We got John Bertan, who's been on here a few times. And Carl, uh, what was your last Schmidt. name, Carl? Schmidt. Schmidt. Two. So we got a, a veteran Miwok 100K guy. And, and Carl, how many times have you done Miwok? First this is time. my first. Awesome. So uh, I'll start with um, what was the uh, like first two months training? And I'll ask. I'll let Carl go first. Like, uh, what was your? Um, or actually, what's your? What's your? Um, how many have these hundreds have you done? Are you an ultra guy, or is this your first? I'm. I'm a new-ish ultra guy. This was my first 100k, but I always caveat that with I actually ran a hundred miler last September. So it's really my uh, it was my fourth I think ultra race, my first 100k. Um, but I've put in some some serious training. Uh, what was the your last the hundred miler you did? I ran a Wasatch 100 in Utah. Okay. And that was that was quite an experience. <laughs> oh, what what time of year was it? That's in September. Uh, okay. So that was last September. So it's kind of hot, and you're up in the mountains, and had good weather, but it, it does get hot. And if and you don't mind me asking, how how old are you, Carl? I'm 34. All right. So when and when did you start get into? I'd say over 50k distance. Uh. Over 50k distance. My first time doing that was last June. Uh, I ran the Mount Baker Ultra. Oh wow! So you went from <laughs> what, what, what was Baker like a 50 miler? Or? It's a 50 miler. It's like 54 miles. With, with, uh, and with a mountain in climbing. the middle and glacier. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, that that was the that that really captured my attention as a race and. I had some mountaineering experience, so I wanted to go for it, and that's awesome. That kind of pushed me into training for ultras. And then that's how we should do things. We should dive into things and just really do them. I've been um, dipping my toe in the water on the ultra like for way too long. I I did do that with triathlon. I did all these Mm. Olympic distance a long time ago, and I then then I was like, I'm just going to do a full, and I did an Ironman. So I, I don't even think I did a half. I just went Olympic and then I did a full. So, but uh, that's awesome. That's uh, so. Yeah. Are you are you hooked? Are you like uh, gonna? Are you signed up? Like your whole whole year is like, you know, just just ultra all year long. No, Miwok was my like goal a race for the year, and I'm not sure what's what's next on the calendar. How'd you Did you run go a into marathon? Oh. oh, sorry. How'd you run a marathon mm-hmm. before running a 50k? Yes, I ran a trail marathon um, in 
2020 it was the first time I ran a marathon. Was that before everything shut down in 2020? Yep, it was an no official event. It was okay. in March of Feb- of 2020. <laughs> wow. Okay, so yeah, so, was, it's so you went you went from marathon to 50k to 50 mile to to 100 mile in three in less yes. than three years. Yes, but I so while I was a little bit newer as a runner, so like I've done some trail running through the years but never very serious, but I've done a lot of backpacking and a bit of mountaineering. So like the idea of being on my feet all day is not that new, but trying to do it really fast is, is newer. Uh, have a lot of experience like through hiking and that kind of thing. So, That's so with Miwok, uh, and I'll ask this to John also, like, did you have, uh, goals in mind? Like not just time goals, but did you have like, I don't know, um finish goal or run with somebody like what what kind of uh going into it what what was your expectation um i was trying not to get too caught up on a time goal but i said i threw 12 hours out there Mm -hmm. um it's a nice round number and it's kind of fast and it seemed maybe attainable based on so where I was at 11, in my training. 11, 1137. Yeah, you had a I, nice... I did accomplish that goal. That's awesome. Um, but I I had learned through a few other races that if I get too focused on a time goal and I'm like trying to plan things out, I like to plan things out and I make a spreadsheet and think about how much I need to eat between aid stations and things like that. I can get too fixated on like trying to make these time goals and then you're out there and well like this year at Miwok it was raining and cold which is not what I expected so then you got to deal with that um so like I was trying not to get too fixated on the time goals and my goals this year was really just like focus on executing my plan of like going out staying under control not going too hard trying to eat and drink enough in the right amount to to stay with it through the long haul did you follow the your plan you had set for things like nutrition? Um, you even even within the nutrition realm, I can think of like sort of a like a trifecta three things that you got to keep doing um, at aid stations and between aid stations, and that's the hydration, the calories, and the electrolyte. And you can do those many different ways. Like you can just straight up drink water, take a pill for your salt, um, and eat a goo or real food or whatever, but did you stick to your plan through the race? Um, I would say yes, mostly with adjustments. Like I like to have a really firm plan because I feel like when I have a firm plan, that's when I can adapt and make changes as I need to. That works well for me. Um, so like I, I needed... I have this thing where if I don't have enough solid food, I actually start to slow down and feel weak. So I like to have solid food in my stomach. And that was, there was a point kind of halfway coming up uh, up the hill to, to cardiac. Um, what, what's I was, your um, I was like, I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, I had a turkey and cheese sandwich. That works Were you carrying well. that with you? Or did you have that in a drop bag? I, I picked... Yeah, I picked it up at Tennessee Valley, and my so 
I I meant to have a whole turkey sandwich, but I cut it in half and put it into two baggies because that would be more convenient. Um, so then my girlfriend was my crew. And when she packed my backpack, my my little sheet said turkey sando. And so uh, in her head, the, one baggie yeah. was one turkey sando. So I only got half <laughs> of the food that I was planning to <laughs> But uh, I, I had PB&Js and chips. Those are things that work well for me at aid stations. So you you felt like you stuck to it because I was talking to some people um, on the course because I was pretty good with my plan just like and I especially this race when you're on familiar territory um, I can stick to it and I've learned I have to stick to it because in earlier years you know I would have a plan and then two hours in or something I'd feel like wait I don't feel like this right now or something and I would just stop. And then and, mm. and that's like the beginning of the wheels coming off. So I was just joking. Yeah. I was like, it's easy to have a plan. Uh, but the quote from Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until I punch them in the face. And, that, <laughs> and that's often what happens is people will have all these things and say like, I'm going to take my salt pill every hour. And before they know it, it's yeah. like every two hours. And like, you might not feel you need it, especially early on, early on, but then you realize, wait a minute, you, if you miss something like that, then you start to feel it. If you start to feel it, it's too late. So like forcing yourself to eat something, you know, you need, even though you might not want it in that moment. Like, did you have any moments like that? Uh, I'll say, um, two things worked really well for me in, in Miwok. So like I had a really good race. Um, and two things worked well for me in executing that like nutrition plan. One thing that works well for me is variety. So I, I set it up so that I wasn't putting the same thing in my mouth like twice in a row. So if, if I had like a goo, those are super sweet and they have a certain texture that I don't love. The next thing I had was some solid food or some chips um, or a rice cake or something savory. So I made I made a couple of rice cakes that kind of worked. I actually had a batch that worked and a batch where I was like, I'm not going to eat those. <laughs> um, so like having the variety worked well for me. Um, and I forget what the second thing was. <laughs> I said there were two. <laughs> what all, were you washing these things down with every time you would eat? Do you have a um, bottle of water, bottle of electrolyte? Were you wearing a, a hydration vest or were you rubbing yeah, with like, a, like in a your hand? Vest. Okay. Um, I had so I had some liquid calories in one of my bottles and I was drinking some of those and liquid water, but it was pretty cold. And I actually found I was drinking too much water uh, early in the race. Were you Um, taking any salt pills along with it? um, The mix that I was drinking had salt in it and I had some salt chews that I had uh, once or twice in the race. Yeah, I I like the real food uh, comment. Yeah, that's. um, Oh, I thought like you don't thing. do that Sorry. like in a, in a marathon like at least when i run a marathon it's like all sugar and all these goos and gatorade and it's like no candy bar but you're running yeah. so hard you're at such a high intensity like real food like yeah. that makes a lot of sense because that's what we eat all the time yeah. yeah what was that second thing what was the second, the second thing? thing was that's what we eat all the time so i what i ate in the race was i had practiced eating all that stuff while i was running my long runs and so you know, oh. that's something I had heard was 
something if people get into John, trouble when they try he, something he, new in a race, he, right? He's practicing. He's actually practicing <laughs> before you show up. I like to just throw in new stuff at a race. So like exactly. I put tons of effort into my my workouts, but then like the nutrition and the sleep and like all this like you know other stuff. I just you know figure that out. <laughs> I figure that well, out. The, the sleep for this, <laughs> even even though it's a local race, um, the five a.m. start. That's an early start. And yeah, so, so you drove. What when did you leave the house, John? Like three. I picked Carl up. Oh, you picked me up at three thirty. Three thirty. There we go. I woke <laughs> oh up at two fifty-five. So uh, why don't you just go there and sleep, like on the like? I guess it'd be wet and cold and rainy. And, yeah, I'm gonna sleep better yeah. in the bed. It's it's a yeah. forty-five minute drive there when you're stuck. Maybe a van. A van sleep. would be good for that. Like a, a decent van, you could sleep at the race thing. I don't, I don't know. That's. Um, I I think also no. This is also it was beach parking. So they're not, not as uh, like accommodating. As soon uh, as the sun comes up, you up can. And... Actually, yeah. you can't get in. There's a parking spot where you turn around for the quad. You know exactly where you turn around for the quad. That little finger road. Have you done the quad, Carl? Uh-uh. Okay. There's like a there's like a table and like a bunch of people at the turnaround for the quad. It's That's not where the Dipsy it, race it, finishes too. Yeah, it's right. It's right at the Dipsy finish. It's where you turn left to go to the dipsy finish uh-huh. that little finger there's like three parking lots there or parking lots three parking spaces and if you get there at like on a saturday morning at, at 6 a.m you can get one of those spots and that that's a good spot to kind of hang out because it's hmm. but it fills up immediately so well i mean the thing is just to wake up at 255 unless you work in radio or work in a bakery like that's not, not a normal wake-up time and yeah so going to the bed the night before there's yes. that, that feedback loop of i know i gotta sleep but then you're just stressing yourself out i need to fall asleep and that's keeping you awake so do you fall asleep immediately after you finish like or are you do you have like some endorphins for like how how long like I would want to go to bed immediately. Like that just sounds awful. You're pretty excited. Yeah. And uh, your legs hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you lie down and you're, you're all not like you're not super comfortable. Yeah. Even you're like, yeah, I'm sitting down, but. Uh... Oh, I haven't oh. got to the, when I got to the finish, and they're like, "All right, you can sit down now." I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't want to sit yet. I got, I got, I got to keep moving around," because it was like interesting. The, the slow. You gotta unwind. You can't. You can't just like go from moving for like fourteen hours. Well, you have well, to slow it down. Yeah. For me, the big thing was like this was a test to see where my body was at, and I'd been. This is I'm almost five months out from a really bad uh, ankle roll, which is that's all better, but that was precipitated by a hamstring pull uh, a few days before back in December. And the hamstring and glute and that whole area, like, as I've told you, we've talked about on your podcast before, I've been um, doing my my due diligence, stuff like going to yoga two or three times a week, um, seeing a chiropractor that does active release therapy, uh, getting massages, um, doing a lot of core strength and just sort of making sure that the body is working smoothly because I, I had neglected that for a long time. 
And one of the most excruciating things for me to do right now, and it's a common complaint among runners, is uh, is driving. You know, the, the hardest part of a long run uh, for me is the, is the drive home. And this race, I didn't feel, I was really happy that I didn't feel any of that in my hamstring or piriformis or glute. None of that was there, um, which means, okay, things are paying off. But as soon as they sat me down at the finish, I was like, no, 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 I can't sit right now. That's the, that's the bad position. I got to get up and keep walking around. So yeah, driving home, especially over the the mountain back to Mill Valley, that was a uh, that that was quite uncomfortable. <laughs> it is it is a far. It's pretty far. Like as the crow flies, it's nothing, right? It's like that's the whole point like, of the Dipsy Race. <laughs> Twelve miles from where we are right now to the beach. I mean, it's not far, but it takes like I mean, I on Saturday I was trying to get out there. But I was I didn't get going until I don't know noon, and so I was at Tennessee. It took it takes a while to Tennessee is easy to get to. Muir's a little harder, and then Stinson's much harder. It takes an hour to get to Stinson from like on a Saturday at noon. Well, take over an hour. Like yeah. early morning, it's only thirty five minutes. But so just giving some more description of the course and stuff. It is interesting looking at the GPS map of the course because looking at like a map of Marin County, you can, it's a sizable swath of Marin County um, for where that GPS route appears. And then you realize when you're looking at the GPS route on the map, because it's like the, the bottom, it's like the Southwest slash side of the county. And you realize all of that course, for the most part, you do twice because it's basically from Stinson, you go south to almost the Golden Gate Bridge, and then you come back to almost Stinson Beach, and then you go north halfway to Olima, and then you go back. And so if yeah. you were to stretch that route out, that would be you know longer than the county is because the county is if you were to run like north to south that's that's as the crow flies you know barely 30 miles um but as you look at it like the footprint of the race on the map is like a point it looks like a point to point 50k and so you realize like oh you cover a lot of distance and it's pretty linear like you go yeah. you're starting kind of in the middle of the race course and you go south and back north that's like 150k and then you go north and back south it's approximately a 50k for that give or take you know a few miles but it's it's interesting how it's arranged so going out you go up dipsy is that up the dipsy. okay and then First coming thing you do and you don't go <laughs> back down to stinson until you come back right so you right that's so, the finish yeah. so you go out to tennessee I've actually done all the trails for the Miwok. They're beautiful uh, trails. You yeah. get to run. It's like when you say like Marin County has beautiful trails. Miwok is probably the one race where you run. I can't, you can't say like all the trails of Marin, but yeah. a lot of the showcase trails and the variety. Because when you're down in the headlands, you have these fire roads that, you know, on a less cloudy and rainy day, you would have these huge panoramic views of the bay and the Golden Gate and the city and all of that. And then when you get back up to 
the the top of the Dipsy course, you know, you're you're at the edge of the redwood forest. Then you go along this huge, like this open grassy hillside on the the west slope of Tam, oh, and then you're on is, Bolinas Ridge. This sucks right here. I'm looking. Yeah, that's so for the for the listeners. I'm looking at Bolinas Ridge, the furthest north point, <laughs> and you drop. What is that? Like a 1,200 Randall foot drop? Trail. A thousand. Yeah. Foot? Uh, over 1.6 miles and that's um when you get to the bottom of that that's about mile 50 49 point something and then you you got got, to go back up and then this whole stretch which is it 10 to alpine and then another what four past alpine or no like six or seven it's it's, so you got yeah you have you have a long way to go and that's all uphill and then slowly uphill on the Bolinas Ridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It, You're running on this like redwood ridge and redwoods typically don't grow on a ridge. So it is so it's nice. I have yet, not run. Tired. The only thing I haven't done, John, is that section down. We'll, and, we'll go out like, and do it just to do it. Yeah. I've done all of the Bolinas Ridge trail, but not not down that little. What is that called right there? That little thing. Randall, Randall Trail. Randall, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's and uh so so tell me about your I guess mileage and training leading up to it, uh John and, and Carl. Carl, how many miles a week were you getting going into this like the six weeks before? Um about fifty, a little fifty plus. I had a I had a pretty big I had a big week where if you look at my weekly my mileage um like Sunday to Sunday the highest was 60 but there mm-hmm. was actually a 7 day period cuz I had a I had a week off there was actually a 7 day period when I ran 80 miles okay that was my That's that was my peak yeah um what was your long run look like? And like, what I guess, what was your, el- so what people don't ask, I think a lot mm, with mileage, yeah. is what was your elevation and what was, what were your long runs and how many long runs? So like, if you just counted the long runs in like 10 weeks, a long run, yeah. actually, actually there's, there's a, uh, this, this trainer, this coach guy, he says a long run is something over 90 minutes if you're doing marathon training and it's, um, should be more frequent than every 14 days or, or yeah. that kind of period. So, yeah. I would, for me, I was typically like Saturday, I was going for three to four hours, and Sunday was 90 minutes to two hours, depending on the weekend. And then, so uh, maybe like a 30, like the furthest. But uh, mileage? Well, yeah. I ran um, the longest run I did leading up was I, I did a 50k race in I think end of March, so maybe six six ish weeks out um, in Arizona. Okay. Um, that that I did a 50k. That was the longest run I did leading up to it. Otherwise, and that was a six hour race with similar elevation. Um, gain to the Miwok course and so on those long runs I was you know training well on in 50k so you did like a t- what is it 10,000 
No, no, similar, similar like rate. Oh, uh, uh, so like 5K? 5K. Yeah, yeah, yeah 6,000. Okay. Um, so I just tried to have my long runs. I mean, partly training on the local trails, a lot of those runs were on the course, which then means you're matching the elevation profile of the course. Um, I did, yeah. So, yeah, local knowledge and just being familiar with the course is just like is so much. I yeah, think. Nice. Yeah, especially when there's lots of elevation. For some reason, I think when you know the when you know a hill, mm-hmm. there's just that like peace of mind, right? Because if you imagine yeah. showing up to 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 uh, the Dipsy uh, and you've never done the Dipsy and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do the quad, you're like, oh my god, this sucks. But if you've well, done it, you're, you know exactly what to expect. <laughs> it's um, double. I mean, this this course, I know every inch of this course, and that that was. Um, that's so I have a. What well, I remember. Mess with you, John. We did Bellinas Ridge with my dad. That was aw- that was that was a really good memory. Remember he crashed. And uh, we, we like lost him. Yeah, yep. yeah. We were waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> yep. Your good memory <laughs> is when your dad crashed. Well, he was fine. He didn't get hurt. <laughs> that red one. We, we were worried. But, soft. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that's a fun ten mile because it's like slowly downhill. You can really move. Well, but, you, once you maybe get not up, a Miwok hundred k, but. So I was talking uh, our friend Victor Ballesteros, um, another local runner. I think he's got the Strava CR or did for a while. Well, like a sub for, six for Bellinas Ridge from yeah. Bofax Road to I believe it. Uh, Sir Francis Drake um, at the other end for the whatever eleven miles it is. Yeah, um, what what was his mile pace? I, I it's quite imagine. possible he kept it at like six minute pace the whole time yeah um he told me about it he had uh he had his wife drop him off and pick him up it was all planned at the right time of day right conditions um but the the thing about that is the first two miles of that is still up you're right it's it's not all down and you notice that in the race you get to the aid station Mm -hmm. that's there where they're (laughs) all right we're gonna see you again we'll see you soon you're like really uh soon uh just out and back um and when you leave that aid station you're just you're still kind of grinding uphill for about two miles and then even when you're coming like down from the peak it's not down the whole way it's a lot of rolling (laughs) so what i realized in this race because uh i mean i'm looking at the elevation profile the first 50k is some up and downs you got one two three four five distinct up and downs in the headlands and the biggest climb there actually is still being counted as going up to the top of the dipsy in the Mm -hmm. first part of the race Mm -hmm. um and then what happens is once you hit 50k you just you're you have this big climb that goes up and then you're just kind of rolling 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 but when i was looking at my watch for my elevation and it's been pretty good for some new watch. Um, by the time I got to the 50K mark for the race this year, it had said I have, I had only climbed um, 7,000 feet. And I was like, there's still 5,000 feet of climbing <laughs> left. 
Like, so mm. it's not quite evenly mm. split, but almost. I remember seeing our friend Max Cam at Tennessee Valley, which is right around the marathon mark. And I'm like looking at my pace and everything. I'm like, well, I'm still on, you know, uh, faster than I thought I'd be doing at this point. And his response was, you still have a buttload of climbing. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that is right. From about mile 30 up to up to almost mile 40 is generally just straight. It's uphill. So so I have a, a, a confession to make to you guys and to the listeners on spectators. OK, I'm a terrible spectator. So I, 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 don't, I just want to run. I don't want to. But I wanted to be out there for you guys. And so I made my way down to Tennessee Valley. It was way too late. It was almost like one o'clock and it was too late. Right. I didn't I didn't really look. I know the course, but I didn't really look at like where everyone was going to be. And for some reason, I was thinking, oh, they'll probably be running through Tennessee Valley, which was too late. But Tennessee Valley is a good spot four hours so that's like 9 10 a.m i was way too i was there too late and then mirror mirror uh beach would be a good spot what like 10 to noon is that a mile so beach is like mile oh man what would that be mile 10 and mile 30 30 yeah so 30 miles yeah so four four to five maybe six hours four between four and six hours at mere beach which would be well it's only 9 a.m 9 a.m to 11 a.m at mere yeah, beach. the race starts early <laughs> yeah so I, I i didn't really put that together until i was out there and i was like uh so but i i think mere beach would be a good good place to uh, cheer people on for people coming to just that aren't with a finisher uh or tennessee valley a little earlier that would be a good spot or way out in the Lima Randall. would be cool too. Randall's yeah. Yeah. Randall was a, when I got down there, it was a picnic. It was like grassy field and it was the yep. first real sun I'd seen all day. <laughs> so what mile, <laughs> what mile is the bottom of Randall? Almost 50, 49, maybe 50. 49 yeah. Point something. Yeah. Okay. So and like, yeah, what's the what's the math there? So like, if you start at five, what would a fifty mile? Um, how many hours does it take to do fifty miles? Like ten hours? I can tell you, I was there at oh. about two twenty p.m. Okay, so that would be uh, seven nine hours, nine to ten hours. So between nine and yeah, okay. So that would be a good time to be at Randall at Miwok would be 2 to 4 p.m. Okay, good. You'd see Thank you'd you. see almost everybody. That's that's actually yeah, that's what I should have done. I didn't do the research. I just kind of just went out cuz it's a huge race. It's like yeah, it's, it's stretched out over a lot of place. I mean Yeah. So one of the dads, he's a he's a dad of so my son uh has a a friend in school another dad his name is eric he did the miwok uh now i i did want to be out there to cheer him on but but so hey eric if you listen to this good job now that i noticed on my own race pace there you get out to the 
end of Randall. And actually, I was talking to, again, a friend, Victor, who was doing uh, course sweeping. I saw him when I was just about to get back to the Bolinas Bridge Aid Station, which from there you have about 10K left of the race to go. So you're like 90% done. Um, and he was heading out. With, he had a bunch of flags in his hand. He's picking them up. And he told me he was the course sweep and he was like looking at his watch. He's like, for because he started at Pantel. Um, and he oh. was just running along the coastal trail all the way to Randall to do the sweep. Um, basically, he was, if you didn't stay with him, your race was done. Because he looked at his watch. He's like, from where he was running from, um, and the time like he needed to get to uh, Randall. Um, it's like, if I go slower than 17 minute pace, then that's that's slower than cutoff time. So he's like, I'm just gonna stay at 17 minute pace, keep picking up the flags. And he swept up some people and he was oh. like, you're not gonna make it to Randall. Um, and the thing is you get to Randall, it's not like all of a sudden you're really gonna turn it around and be like, I'm gonna, especially if you're in like, you're chasing cutoffs. And even what I noticed is like at Randall, my pace was I in the in the last 13 miles, I probably added at least 30, if not more minutes to my overall time based on my pace, because I'm looking at my pace on Strava. It's like a step function. Of course, Randall and the climb back and stopping at the aid station there and coming back up, it goes down, but it went down a lot. Because what I noticed was coming down Randall, that's a big drop. The, um, the conditions on the race course earlier in the day, it was super mucky. And the, there was a lot of mud and wetness on the trail. I mean, it was raining off and on at parts. And so the trails were actually, typically this course has pretty dry trails. They're pretty hard packed by this point. Um, we haven't had, even in rainy years, like, by May, it's pretty dried out. Not this year. Like they had dried out a week before the race, but then we got some rains during the week. So there were some sections where it was pretty slippery. I didn't fall, but at the finish line when I was walking around, I noticed some people had some like bruises and gashes. Like people took some spills. And so by the time I got to the bottom of Randall, that big drop, I was like, everything was okay. Everything on me was fine, but my ankles were really sore mm. and stiff i think because of all the unevenness from the muck and stuff like that there are even some mm -hmm. like big huge mud puddles on Bolinas ridge that it's like you're going to yeah. try to inch around it or just go through it and so i think a lot of people had some pretty wet shoes through a lot of the race and it was interesting seeing people like as i was going out to randall even seeing people in who were ahead of me who um, were on the little rollers of Bolinas Ridge, they were very diligent about, I'm gonna run the flat, I'm gonna run downhill, but I'm gonna hike the uphill. And on the way out, or sorry, on the, on the return back from Randall, sort of going, once I was turning around and coming back to the finish, and I was seeing people who were still coming out, I could just see the look on their face, like it had been a long day for a lot of people <laughs> and i think the the wetness of the trail contributed to a lot of that and i think it but was it old? for most people but not for you carl because you you tore it up coming down those last two miles i think those are some of your fastest miles 
Absolutely. So how it were was, you feeling those like that that last 10k of the race from do we, I, don't have, I don't have Carl and Strava here, so let me see. Do I um, well I was it was in yeah, those rollers on Bolinas Fridge, even the even the downhill rollers, uh I was struggling like going into Randall. I was having kind of a I was, you know, I was just it was getting hard and things were hurting. Um, but I kept I had this weird so maybe having not run this many um that many hundred K's before, <laughs> like you, just not having the experience. Um I was kind of surprised that the training worked and I was I was able to run even though it like didn't it didn't like hurt anymore to run. So I, I was like struggling with this in my head. I was like, oh, I can, I can actually run uphill still. It doesn't hurt more. Like I'm uncomfortable, but it's not that bad. Um, so when I got down to Randall, um, I told my pacer like, hey, I can, I can run uphill. Just, <laughs> uh, like it actually hurts less running uphill than downhill for me. It was a weird, um, That's, weird that sensation in my legs. Uncommon statement. I know. You know people were getting very grumpy with the downhills. <laughs> yeah. So, so hurts, John, I was looking at your more your, your splits. John, mm. you you had a slower time coming up Randall, or, or excuse me, a faster time going up Randall than you did, which was like a couple hundred feet, than a 33 foot downhill. So it might have been well, an aid station or something. Maybe aid station stop stopping well. at the bottom. Yeah. Looking at the where the time where that mile split actually turns itself around um which makes sense because but no I, I was i was jogging down that trail um thinking wow this downhill is <laughs> really hard on me and then on i was just thinking i was like oh i don't have to run this way back up but on the way back up i was like this isn't as hard as going down so that's that's again yeah. a common thing especially when you have a lot of just up and down in a race yeah you're like this downhill adds up in a way that I think in my experience, like in a 50 K or 50 mile, like you can, the downhill toll won't be as much as going too hard on an uphill um, Mm -hmm. can do like what it can do that race. Whereas like, so if you have a downhill like section or sections in a 50 K or 50 miler, go for it use that mm-hmm. use that free gravity power whereas in a 100k especially like pacing pacing's a little 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 different so it's nice a don't go too fast and b those downhills will add up in a way that you start to notice that you don't notice in a 50k or 50 mile it's closer to that 100 mile territory where you will notice the effect of just that extra little impact on a downhill stride. Um, and I, I look at it like the 100K is, none of these races, like especially if you want to push hard, you can fake. But 50K, especially if a cutoff is generous, you can finish it. 50 mile too, especially if the cutoff is generous, you can finish it. 100K, 100k you're in a different territory like you're not going to i don't say it's like you're not going to fake it but you really have to think about 
how hard you're pushing because you could blow up in a way that could put you chasing cutoffs in a way that's not going to happen in a 50 mile or 50k and it's interesting because it's only 12 miles longer than a 50 mile so. you're right john i so i i don't know anything about this stuff and i've been read but i've been reading about some of the physiology on this and like apparently your neurological and your brain even if your muscles are tech are probably okay like under a microscope cut off your legs let's look at the legs the microscope even if your legs are okay your brain is it like all these things are firing and your brain is telling you okay my quads are torn up like and you're like and and it's telling you <laughs> and and so you, yeah it's like the mind and the body is are, are really really odd so it accumulates i, I don't know if that's the best way, word to use but it, it 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 keeps firing it keeps telling your brain okay my quads are trashed right and then i could i could see i i mean i did boston which was like 26 miles but i i didn't do it i went out really hard and my legs were totally trashed at like 15, barely run. And, and I could definitely see at 100K if you were doing downhills hard. I don't think the muscles are as trashed as we think in our brain, but it accumulates and we have this like central governor that just like it's storing all these things subconsciously. And like, I don't know. But I, I think it, it it does get to it it's everything's happening in our inside our brains. So it's I don't know. You you've run the quad dipsy. And so the quad dipsy is I would say that's harder than a fire road three thousand, four thousand foot gain drop fifty K. Like the quad dipsy yeah, yeah. different beast, because you you have eight thousand feet total, no, nine thousand almost. Of up but I never treat the quad as a race. I always treat the quad as like, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to well, go out and I'm going to spend two dipsies talking to people. I'll feel bad on the third one. And then I'll just like try hard on the fourth <laughs> one. Like it's I, not, it's not a marathon where I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta hit my six forties. You know, like I'm, I'm going to dip, I'm going to do this. <laughs> but, but, but it's, you're going to, you're out there for a long time. And so yeah. what I'm saying is you can take a race distance that is a in principle like a very manageable race distance and you could tweak it in such a way that it's like no it's gonna be a lot harder and so the quad dipsy mm -hmm. is one of those examples it's not even a 50k it's just slightly longer than a marathon and it's but we're going to give you all this vert and some of it's going to be stairs and some of it's going to be really rooty and oh yeah watch out for the rebar and the rotted steps and mm -hmm. you're going to you you got to think about that because you could be finishing that last lap really beat up because not not just the distance but the up and down you've done um toss in whether it's hailing like some years it's been at the quad or warm or whatever and weather and you gotta there's another element so miwok what i'm saying is like with 100k the distance itself becomes a different space than 50 mile or 50K. Um, but with Miwok, you have this up and down that is structured in an interesting way. Because I've done this course in this, mod, in this current iteration a bunch of times 
one year they had it this race course, but you did the north part first and the south part second. They just kind of flipped it. So it was backwards. It was just different. And mm -hmm. I've hit, um, I was sub 12 on that backwards version. I was 12 flat is my best time on the current version. Um, but one year when it was the start finish was moved from, it used to start and finish at Rodea Beach and now it starts and finishes at Stinson. And so that movement of the race course, where is it, where is it gonna start and finish? The year, this was in 2020, 2012, um, the year that happened, there was a, and this is like, I think just at the earliest, not, not the earliest point of Strava for runners, but early enough where nobody was checking up on, hey, what does this new race course actually have? Because it turned out that year, it was actually closer to 64 or 65 miles, which is a big deal. Say you finish 100K and you're like, no, 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 you got under 5K to run. Um, and there was an extra 2,000 feet of climb and descent that was not advertised. So a lot of people oh. were finishing in the dark that didn't anticipate finishing in the dark. <laughs> it was it was interesting. They were like, well, I left my headlamp, you know, at an aid station at the beginning. I don't have it. Is, um, so, but that vert, a few thousand feet of vert here, there, Whoa. that stuff adds up in a different way than distance adds up, which goes back to the training comment of you really got to think about the vert and also the time on your feet. Because then you get into the space. When you get beyond 12 hours or get close to like literally half of a half a day out there, your brain can go into weird places depending on how much sleep you've had. So it's it's a that's where I say it's like it's running, but it's also a different kind of endurance, which I think Carl, you, you with the backpacking and mountaineering, you experience parts of that, like vert and time. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that, and weather. <clears throat> Yeah, being able to deal with whatever's happening. Well, I think that vert matters a lot. Or also, if you got to climb up, your energy expenditure is going to be higher, and you need to you need to be able to take in those extra calories. And then the downhill, you know, there there is muscle fatiguing that's happening, Impact and that accumulates. And so you got to be careful about, you know, if you, early in the race, if you're pounding the downhills. You're gonna feel that later, and you gotta be careful. Well, your quads, know, knowing... your hamstrings are shock absorbers, and yeah. they burn energy to do that. So you're you're burning energy in a different way. So, so so uh, John, what would you do differently at this race? For this race, yeah. I was I was still happy with where I finished and how I felt at the finish, like. I didn't feel I, I've come into this race finish. 2012 was one of those years when you get that extra two to three mile bonus. Um, and just feeling like every step is just discomfort and pain shooting through <laughs> the body. You're just like, oh. And then you, so you imagine being at like the top of cardiac and thinking, I my watch is telling me I've run 62 miles. But I know that there's yeah, two and a three half more miles back. or two more yeah. miles. Yeah. Um, and so, and especially coming down the Dipsy Trail, you're like, that's not a soft, gentle run. Um, mm -hmm. Coming down that Matt Davis Trail at the finish, I mean, it's very similar. Actually, I think it's more treacherous than coming down the Dipsy Trail. 
because it's is that the one the ladder probably yeah no no, no that's it... the deep ravine trail there's okay. no ladder but it's <laughs> there's sharper turns and the steps are more decayed there's more roots in your way <laughs> i mean the trail's rooting for you but that's not a good thing um <laughs> and so there's like every every little thing like the roots there's not an easy place to land in between so every part's just trying to trip you um and you get about 1.6 miles of trail quality of that until you finish um so i've come down that wrecked before but this year i was like it's coming down it and i was like it's okay and then in the light like the the once that sun came out it was like the, everything is so green right now and it's been you know it's raining all morning so the rain washed away all of the crap in the air so you have like this light at around like 5 6 p.m close to you know late afternoon early evening light that's just sort of making everything glow neon green like light beams coming through the redwoods so you're like i still gotta enjoy this because it just looks freaking beautiful and yeah, it was, I, I didn't feel wrecked. And so like in terms of what would I do differently? I don't know. Cause again, I was going into it like fully, like knowing like, I don't know how my body's going to feel through this. And I was happy that the only thing that really felt sore and stiff were my ankles, but I can say they got a really hard workout on all that muck earlier in the course. <laughs> so I'm like, that makes sense. That's how they should feel. So. Yeah, I, I think I was like, the way I'm looking at it is what I'm doing to rehabilitate is paying off. At least that's what I'm telling myself. Sounds sounds like you're 100%, John. Not 100% yet. Yeah. I'm thinking like, okay, now i got to start training for Dipsy in the, the month that uh, we have. Oh, that. oh that, that one, the Dipsy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Tamalpa runners, they're just fixed on the Dipsy. They just can't get off, get over it. So, so Carl... Uh, what um? Are you doing the dipsy? No, no. All right. You doing the double? <laughs> I'm not. Maybe. I did the well, double. Oh wait, the double's ago. not in June anymore. Yeah, it's the like going to be in August. July or August? Yeah, it's late. So I would do it if it's in August. Uh, any any uh changes you would make, Carl, on on your race? Gosh, I don't think so. I had a really I had a really good race. I had a good, my training went pretty well going into it and I had a good, like I had a plan and I stuck to it and I made adjustments as I needed to. Like I actually changed my shoes cause they were wet. And like during the race you changed like halfway yeah, or? at Tennessee Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I went through Tennessee Valley, I was thinking, I told my crew, I was like, Hey, I have another pair of socks. I'm going to change when I come back around. By the time I came back around, the shoes I had started in were giving me a little problem in my ankles. What, what's your uh, shoe of, of choice? Did you wear the same shoe and just change out the same shoe, or did you wear No, I actually switched shoe? shoes. So these were, um, God, I'm going to forget the, they're La Sportiva, uh, I forget the name of them. They just came out with a second version of something, and it, that's what I started the race in. Um, they're bright green. And it's a harder shoe. They have a high heel. Yeah. That was kind of bothering my the front of my left ankle, which is something I had experienced a little bit in training. 
um, on some of the descents and they were soaked. Um, and so I decided when I came into the aid station to switch to a pair of, um, these Under Armour, they're actually Under Armour trail running shoes. Wow, um, Under Armour makes shoes. I didn't even know. I that. know, I know. <laughs> um, but I, I had run a bunch of workouts in a pair of these, so I, I got another. I had, I had a new pair. They were actually brand new as my backup shoes, and uh, decided to switch into them. I traded, but they're a little tighter in the toes. So my, in my head, my trade off was ankle stability for toe blisters. <laughs> I did, I did end up getting a one toe blister by the end but it was i think it was a worthy worthy trade um well, and the, it was really nice to have dry shoes and socks yeah dry dry it's uh, a lot of people had wet shoes that that's you know, huge i yeah i remember um way too cool john when we did the uh, <laughs> like soaked it was in absolutely soaked like from from like mile five to the end just soaked feet which which is okay i mean you get through it but like yeah. i couldn't imagine no. if it was a 100k mile just past mile one is the first stream crossing okay yeah yeah oh yeah you're right, you're right. <laughs> just get it done your feet are gonna Doggy be wet shoes. yeah for 30 mm-hmm. miles go for it um, 30 miles wet feet i mean so i'm looking at your second to last mile carl was your fastest mile i yeah yeah like 748 down there whoa so, so you're going I'm, downhill I'm I'm good at That's... technical descending, and I know that Matt Davis trail so well. So I had I had been telling myself all day, like the only descent that I get to push it on is that one. Um, wow. Every other a, every other great, downhill is great to keep it chill. To do um, that that speed at 100k, that's that's <laughs> awesome. Good job. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I could say I would change was I didn't realize so. It's the first time I've ever had a pacer and my pacer was running, you know, about 15 feet in front of me. And it's it really takes off some of the cognitive load when all you have to do is keep someone in your field of view and look at the ground. Uh, I was like, oh, it's actually easier to run when I'm just mm-hmm. trying to keep track of this one person. And, you know, they can slow down if I slow down and speed up and, and stuff. So that was pretty nice to have um, a pacer. And so what I just found I could run. What are the rules and, with pacers? Um, you can pick up a pacer at the at Randall and in Miwok. They can run from Randall Trailhead to the finish with you. Nice. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a. So it's, really it's nice. nice to have the, the company since I hadn't really been running with anyone um, for a while. Mm-hmm. There's a couple lonely sections and along Bolinas Ridge. And so I think what I. I think I didn't know that my legs could do that. Um, and I just found once they were moving that way, like I wasn't, I wasn't going to stop them or get in their way. Or <laughs> I didn't want to slow down because I was moving. Um, but if I think, I think if I had now having that experience, maybe I would have actually been able to let myself run more on Bolinas Ridge going to Randall, where I was kind of slowing down a little bit and struggling. But I, I could have probably run a little more. From the start of I'm looking at your coastal trail to Randall, average pace, and then you're from Randall back to the finish, you kind of you actually started to get faster once you got to the top of Randall. Yeah. You went out. So I think you may have negative split that section. Yeah, even though it's uphill the second return. time. 
ignoring like, I, I can see the little little dip down for coming up well, it's, it's just, you got to the top i, I can see you wow. have that you have that psychological downhill up you you know what you're expecting and it's like okay i got past that okay now i feel good now i can put a little bit more into it yeah. versus like oh i yeah i you don't want to push it when you're on your way out i if even if i do it out and back and it's 10 miles yeah it's like i don't go hard but on the way back it's like oh i'm on my way back <laughs> so it's yeah. like uh maybe that's yeah a that's bad the comparison I mean, that's but, the challenging but, part of an ultra is figuring out how much do i have to save mm-hmm. it's I, yeah i think it's getting your mind over the, the that hump yeah. too it's like okay i don't have any more uphill or, or very little yeah. uphill and doing the things necessary as you're running yeah. so that you can pace effectively because you still yeah. have to be making all the right choices yeah. along the way like like eating Definitely. food gotta so, eat some food staying hydrated yeah getting uh, yeah I mean, drink some water yeah <laughs> cool yeah so was, so yeah, next year cool andy you'll run it you were on the wait list this year i i think i think so i actually i wanted to do 100k this year I really did, okay. or I really do. Um, there's Sonoma, is Sonoma still open? Uh, it's probably a wait list too. Yeah. All these 100Ks that have qualifying points for either Western States or UTMB. Well, that's where it came from. I was I was listening to the Western States Lottery, uh, watching the video online, and I was like, oh, I should try. I mean, I'm not like, it's not like a life thing. I don't have to do it. I'm like, if I never did Western... It's not going to bother me, but like, I'll try. If I get into the 100K, then I'll do the 100K. And then if I get into the lottery, I get in that, then it, like everything would just kind of line up. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but I'll try. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> um, but I'm not not heartbroken if it doesn't happen. So, yeah. So, so what's the 100K? Is there a 100K in 2023, John, that I can do? That's uh, that's a there's, qualifier. There's probably, there's probably something. Yeah. There's, there's more and more of them. So I, I know there's a huge list of hundred milers out there, but not a lot of hundred Ks on the Western qualifiers. So so Carl, are you a Western shooting for Western? Or, or is uh, that just I'll I'll put I'll put in the lottery. But yeah. odds are odds are low. I'm not banking on it. Well, each year they go up. Every time you put in, so you just have to. This will be qualifying. two years in a row. I'll have a qualifier now. It's oh, just so far. I'm not gonna get my hopes up. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. run at all this whole week. I did. Take, just, yeah, I've I just wondering. been tired. I I went to. I didn't go to yoga on Monday morning, but I did go this morning and Wednesday morning and starting oh I think the last three days I've um, gone for a ride mm. and it was, I, it, I often like after a, a race I still want to do something especially just like to be outside especially because it's been really nice outside this week so I did a road ride today short like less than an hour did a road ride yesterday and I hopped on my mountain bike um, no Road Road was Wednesday. I hopped my mountain bike yesterday for the 
first time in a really long time. And I rode up a hill by my house. And it was a reminder to me that it's like, oh yeah, mountain biking, is it real mountain biking, not, not with all the motors that I see out there now. Um, but biking up the hill is, is harder than running up the hill. It's so uh, it's intense. It's so much harder. I, so, I do this. I, I do this this afternoon run. It's like five miles. Piece of cake. I do, I've done it like hundreds of times. And then I'm like, oh, I'll pick up my son at school. So I, I have his scooter in like one hand and my mountain bike. And I'm like biking up Lucas Valley with the scooter and the helmet. And like, it's really, really hard. It's like much harder than the run is biking to his school to you know and then and then he scooters out with me it's pretty it's good it's it's a good cross training because i can feel it in my quads like i don't feel anything on my run which is probably like am i getting any workout here because my heart rate's like 125 130 but i've been doing it for forever so it's just i think it's like a mental state more different than it muscles is, so. different yeah. different way to exert and a good reminder that oh yeah there's to, to stay to stay fresh enough for the running you gotta mm-hmm. make sure yeah gotta do everything is, is yeah you have to touch on everything way. that's smart so all right guys this is a good talk i think we sign can, up uh, sign up in november when it opens up yeah the favorite quad what, what are we talking about uh, miwok Quad isn't. That's too late to sign up in November for quad. August. August is. Uh, yeah, quad. sign up. Sign up yeah. in November. They already got the. Uh, see where my brain is. Eight days until the next. Three hundred fifty-six days until the next Miwok. Already the clock's uh, <laughs> ticking Counting down. down again. Uh, till the next one. Uh, so, yeah, fun race. Always enjoy it. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Cheers. See ya.